Thank you so much for tuning into Defining Moments Podcast. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your time, the time that you took to listen to their guests and their stories. Any feedback you have will be greatly welcome. Improvements, critical thoughts, please let us know. Be brutally honest because that's how we like it. Enjoy your day. Stay undefeated. Welcome back to the Undefeated Show, Defining Moments Podcast, located here in Project 3810, the house that Kyle Golding built. Today's very, very special guest is the owner and the executive director of sales for Arise. She's an undefeated all-American mom. She is also the director of Coach George Shelley McClintock, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Before we get started, obviously. Yes. My own gifts. Your own gifts. Usually these go to Coach George. Well. Thank you. This is this is awesome. I leave quotes <laughs> and notes around in my office to encourage me, so these will stay right there. Really? Thank you. Yes. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. How's your morning been? Good, really good. Yeah. Tell us how you started out because number one, I saw a tweet at four fifty-seven a.m. Yes. So let's talk about that. Okay, I start my morning, get up at four ten, four twenty, hit the gym at five o'clock, and then back usually around six fifteen, so that Tom goes off to the gym. I get to say goodbye to him, and then I start my day. Yeah. So early riser. Yes. I, I love it. What do you do at the gym? Um, I go to a gym called Empower House right now, and it's a lot of like hit workouts. Um, some days are uh, bigger weights, and other days are more like high intensity workouts. Yeah. So I try to do it five days a week just to get myself going and my mindset right. Yeah. I like accountability, so I like to go to classes. It's just what keeps me motivated. Relationships is really key in my life, mm-hmm. and so it's a way that I can really tap into those while working out. I love it. You yes. sound really enthusiastic and <laughs> energetic when you talk about that. Yeah. What's your passion? Passion with the working out, or yeah, my passion yeah, just passion in life? life, passion working out, family. Um, the reason I love to work out is because it's the one thing I can really control with my health. And so I just get up and do that. Um, I love the community aspect of it. Fly Fitness in Lincoln, Nebraska was a major part of my journey after I went through a divorce and had to learn to become a single mom. And I really found community with it, within that. And so working out is more just to help set my mindset for each day and yeah. to kind of, I like checklists. So it's like one thing I can check off, a goal mm-hmm. that I've completed that day you know, my workout. Yeah. Um, but passion in life is honestly um, relationships and family. So I love my family. It's what drives me to become better every single day. And it's really the why behind absolutely everything that I do. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk Let's talk a little about your family. You have several kids, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. I do. Yes. How several. are they doing? Good. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing really good. Yes. I have one left back in Nebraska, and the other nice. three have actually migrated here to Oklahoma, <laughs> not necessarily with me, but have ended up here just through weird circumstances. <laughs> yeah. So you're originally from Nebraska. Yes, Lincoln. Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Are you a big Nebraska Cornhusker football fan? I am. I worked out in my Husker shirt this morning, and I joked that no one cares that I wear it anymore because they don't really view us as competition. <laughs> so I used to get made fun of when I wore it. Now it's like, oh, whatever, poor thing. Um, a huge Husker fan in Nebraska, anyone who's been there. Some mm-hmm. people who meet me, I'm the first Nebraskan they've met. Okay. But Nebraska, we really do don't have a ton to do there. We have family and we have the Huskers. And so um, had season tickets, went to all the football games, tailgate before. It's just a huge part of our tradition. And you can see someone in any state. And if they see you're in a Husker shirt, you know, we yell out the go big red, go big N. (laughs) And it's like we bonded. And uh, so Nebraska, you kind of have to be a Husker fan. I like that. Yes. How long have you been in Oklahoma? Just over a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is a year enough to 
compare Oklahoma football on Saturdays to Nebraska Cornhusker football on Saturdays? I feel like it's a lot the same because of the tradition and just the pride that Uh this almost like the whole state feels. The difference with Oklahoma is there's two schools. So you have your OSU and you have your OU fans and Sometimes I'll be shopping and I'll look around and I'll see this red and black and this OU stuff. And I have to remind myself I live in a different state. Yeah. But it's still really fun. But I'm a person that I love traditions. Mm. I love holidays. I love things being the same. I've had to learn how not to do that since I've moved here because I don't have the same family involved that I did in Nebraska. Sure. But that's still something I wake up Saturday morning and to me during football season, it's go big red time, right? <laughs> and so I actually love living in a state yeah. where it has the same meaning. That's it awesome. kind of replaces it a little bit for me. I love it. Yeah. What's your favorite holiday? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, honestly, I think I like... I love Christmas, but I like Thanksgiving. It's mm. just unique to me. It's it's one that doesn't get as much hype, but I think it's one that's very important that yeah. we kind of just, if you go into the stores, it's glossed over and mm. nobody really cares. And I think it's actually a very important one and just a good time to reset and really think through all the amazing things that have been brought to us. Yeah, yeah. such a valid point because my mother-in-law asked me what my favorite holiday was and I told her Thanksgiving as well because it is a unique holiday and I don't, and you probably agree, is we don't need one specific holiday to be thankful for what we Mm -hmm. have. However, that holiday really forces a lot of people to sit down at the dinner table and say, be thankful, we're thankful for this, we're thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it's a good reset. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Arise. Let's talk about Arise. Yes. What do you do there? How did you find it or found it? And how did it all get started? So Arise is a manufacturing and distribution of sports bracing or orthopedic bracing. And that's what our company is now. But we've greatly evolved. So 13 years ago, I was in a different career. I was working alongside a motivational speaker in his business development. And I get these weird senses that there's more for me in life. And I get very antsy. And To me, it's my intuition, my gut saying, go for it, take a risk. I loved my job, but I just knew there was more. You can only put a motivational speaker on the road so many times, so your income's kind of tapped. And so without any plan B, I went to him and I just said, I just have to give my two weeks. I just feel like there's something out there that I won't say yes to if I hang on to this career. Mm -hmm. And in that moment when I walked away from that my dad and my brother were talking about starting a company and my dad was the money behind it my brother had the idea and they knew i was the third piece to it because i had relationships and in the same moment they came to me and asked if i would um, own a company with them and so it was honestly nothing planned nothing that I ever saw coming my way. So Arise has evolved since then. We've had relationships with orthopedic surgeons and athletic trainers who have brought us into a new um, product that we're bringing to the market for athletes. And that's what I get to do every day. Um, So it's almost like the perfect dream job because I get to be with people, but I get to be in the sports world. Mm -hmm. And growing up, my father was a basketball coach. That's my love is sports. And my dream job was I wanted to be an ESPN sideline reporter. And I was a young mom. And so I kind of put those dreams aside and decided maybe that wasn't relevant to where I was in my life. And But now I get to go in and work with athletes every single day and um, just absolutely love it. Yeah. What are some of the teams or maybe athletes or colleges you guys have teamed up with? So we have so many colleges now, I can't um, even tell you. We've went through a huge sales cycle where they say it takes about five years to become a household name, and we're about three and a half years into that. Mm -hmm. But in the last year, our sales with an athlete have just 
spiked. Um, Oklahoma State locally here is a great um, account for us. We um, have the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, So those are more on the professional level. And then we have about 80 some different Division I programs using our products. And it's changing every day. It's it's increasing every day. That is amazing. Yeah. Does that you ever get just mentally exhausted from traveling, from Mm -hmm. selling to talking about the product? Yes. So COVID was actually a very hard thing for our company because mm-hmm. all of a sudden no athletic train who would think sports would be shut down in our country but yeah. they literally stopped and when you're providing products to keep athletes healthy your products quickly aren't needed and then if they are needed they don't have a budget to buy them mm-hmm. but what was great about covid is we are really able to reset and i was really able to look at the foundation of our company and realizing we could really only move so much product with one person me like i can only get to so much of the nation right so i really went back to the company and said we have to start using our distribution partners so i bring that up because covid was a really good time for us Mm. to really establish how our company was going to grow moving forward um but with that said I was traveling nonstop up until that point and i was a single mom and was absolutely exhausted although i loved my job that's all i did i was either a mom or i was on the road and never home and so finding balance which i don't think is a single mom or even a woman in the workplace you ever find balance Mm. but learning how to set boundaries was one of the most important things that i learned in that in that process I love that how you just said that there's really don't have the balance, but you have boundaries. So what are some of your boundaries that you've set? I have non-negotiables. So when I was in my busiest time of growing the company, it was Bria and I at home. My other three were older and they were out of the house. And like I said, I had 100% of her with me all the time. So she and I actually sat down and came up with our non-negotiables together. So I knew what the company expected of me. And then I knew the things that she really, if she could have her wish list, would have me there for. Mm. And for me, that really helped me establish those boundaries because sometimes what you think might be important to somebody else they could care less about but something else that you think is a very small issue means the world to them so for me creating boundaries because i care about what people think probably too much and i'm really working on that um i really wanted to know that bria and i were on the same page and so for me setting those boundaries non-negotiables are if it's something really important for our family like if she has a lead in a her one of her musical theater or she has one of her choir concerts and it's something super important i really try not to schedule anything on those days it Mm -hmm. helps me as a mom just feel better um and so non-negotiables mostly revolve around family but then also some personal boundaries with me being a female within a very male dominated Mm -hmm. industry you have to set those also yeah well it sounds like you have a lot of great confidence great energy and those boundaries you said are so important i feel like that's missing quite a bit in modern society is you have parents trying to be friends instead of parents setting boundaries and hey how can we help each other become better yeah yeah i've seen your product at qb impact camp Mm -hmm. a year or two ago in dallas and so are you guys partnered with QB Impact as well? So one thing that Coach George, little funny backstory, that's honestly how we met was through business. Um, and he really liked our product because of what it could do for athletes. And mm-hmm. his biggest thing was we are missing a huge target market, which is grassroots. And he has the um, influence with his athletes and parents trust him. So when you can get somebody like that to rally around a product because it's going to bring a great benefit to the athletes, it was something that we were really missing out in on the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So that's how we were able to partner together. And then, you know, he networks and I love to network, but he does it also on his own and just sends me to um, 
athletic trainers and ADs and coaches all around um, to introduce our products. So in that yeah. way is how we partner. That's great. Yeah. So that's how you met uh, as far as relationship yeah. through business. Yes. And he's uh, he's everywhere in Oklahoma City. He's pretty high profile. So yes. with that being said, how is it being the girlfriend part of that? How does it feel? You know, because he is in the limelight a lot. Yeah. And so are you, though, but how's that balance and boundary work out? We're in the limelight in different ways. Mm -hmm. He is more um, front-facing, and a lot of people know who he is. Kid you not, no matter where we travel, somebody will come up and say, hey, coach. I'm like, this is unreal. We're in an airport in the middle of Tennessee, and someone knows you. Um, So he is more that way. I'm more well-known within the athlete industry. Um, as a business owner or business professional, when I go to our conferences um, or things like that, I'm very well known, but I'm not well known on social media. I'm not yeah. well known just as a face. Um, I'm pretty private. Um, I When I speak with people, I speak very open and candidly because I think how you meet a person in that moment and what you say is authentically what they need to hear in in that very moment and Mm -hmm. if i were to not open up with that or be open to just being vulnerable i think you miss huge opportunities in life either to help benefit somebody or what you need to hear from them Mm -hmm. but with that said he's very great at just putting his stuff out there and not caring what people think because he's confident in what his opinions are I do really well with people like that because I love it and I love to support that, but I'm not as courageous Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So you'll find a lot of my girlfriends are very um, outgoing and loud and fun. And I love that because it allows me just kind of sweep in and build relationships (laughs) and still have fun. But I don't have to be the loud, boisterous one at the party, but I'd like that to be my counterpart. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he is looking to dive into politics, you being his girlfriend, someone he trusts, obviously. How does that make you feel with your thoughts on the the potential run for uh, Coach George into politics? I think I said it best the other day. I love being Coach George's girlfriend. Yeah. Being Senator George's girlfriend (laughs) scares the living daylights out of me. But with that said, if that's what he chooses to do, 100% will support him and be by his side the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. I think that's what relationships are. It doesn't have to be something you're comfortable with doing. And oftentimes, um, things that are brought into our life that maybe we don't see ourselves maybe pursuing on our own is right. for a reason. And oftentimes, it's to take us out of our comfort zones and bring us into a world that we need to be in. Maybe we're just not able to see it on our own or sometimes willing to see it because it's going to cause us to really grow mm. um with that said i don't think there's anyone better than him and that's why i will never keep him from doing it that's um awesome. i think he has a unique ability to reach lots of different people and get his message across because he just authentically cares about so so many different areas and so many different i hate to use the word different but i don't know how else to say it Mm -hmm. unique um people that he just he would be the type of guy that could bridge that gap that Mm -hmm. a lot of people cannot do and i hope he'll give people a different view of politics yeah what do you think's missing in politics right now, personally? I don't love politics. I try to avoid it mm. because it makes me feel anxious mm-hmm. in the sense that I feel like people are just saying a bunch of stuff to get you to vote for them. But then in reality, anything that they're saying can't really change anything because we have one party wanting this and one party wanting this, refusing to work together. And so even if your candidate stands for something awesome can they really make the change Mm. and that kind of makes me just feel anxious when i listen to him talk because i'm like what's what's really going to happen here Mm. and that's why i think um we need to get more people 
like Tom doing it because I really believe he can hear and understand and come up with solutions to move us forward. So politics in general, it just kind of scares me because I think people are very cutthroat and I think they go after the families. Mm. And I, as a mom of four and two that have I consider my sons with with Tom and sure. and my daughter-in-law like it just it scares me as to what we're opening them up to but as my son who's much wiser than me always says it's also a huge platform that mm-hmm. our family can serve on and Tom also says that so I need to keep that as a reminder as the good it can do rather than the part that's kind of scary yeah. I love that and your son's right because Obviously, our heroes are the ones that have served, currently served, futuristically going to serve. And as as American citizens, we can serve our great country in different ways, different platforms. We can use our voice, etc. So hats off to your son on recognizing that. Yeah, he wants to do all of his writing, all of Tom's speech writing. Oh, yeah? But... I don't know if that's going to, I don't know if he'll read a speech. (laughs) (laughs) Is it because it's polished or what? Yeah. He, I mean, he'd like, he just loves politics. My son does. And I think he just thinks it would be awesome to work alongside Tom. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be great. (laughs) You travel with Coach George around the country and you've been behind the scenes on some of the speeches and you've been on different military bases. Yes. What have you learned from that? And then what do you think the United States is actually missing from not being able to I personally have learned that what a posh life I have and never sat back to think why. And the freedoms that we have and never paused to say thank you. I didn't even think about it. I had nobody in my life, grandparents, nothing that served. And I just had never um, understood the sacrifice or understood what the wives and the children, along with the soldiers, obviously, really endured and encounter on a daily basis. And I've been able to have such amazing conversations with with women whose husbands served or still serve and hearing just their heart and what they carry with them every day um, has just been extremely impactful in my own life and it's really allowed me to view what we have in in a in a different Mm -hmm. light i've been extremely thankful that he's brought me into that inner circle because that's not easy right um and allowing me to see like the change in the command ceremony a month ago it just like just being there and witnessing something with that magnitude with our flag flying above it and being like, okay, this is truly what it's like to be an American. However, most of us don't have a clue. And to be honest, most of us don't really care. Mm. So is that sad? Yeah. But I was there too. So not saying that I didn't care. I just didn't know any better. Mm. I didn't know any different. So I didn't know that I wasn't caring, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think we view, our family now views holidays, 4th of July and uh, Memorial Day, just very, very different than we ever used to. I used to, if you would have asked me, I would have said 4th of July was my favorite holiday before I met Tom. Mm. Because I just, it was always a fun picnic and we had these great fireworks. Mm -hmm. And now it brings such a different meaning and almost a heavy meaning, but an amazing meaning. That it's one of those holidays that I I view now completely different Mm -hmm. than I used to. Yeah, it's very deep. It's actually, very, it's yeah. a very deep holiday. It is. So, yeah, and I, and I'm appreciate that you share that because I've always been very appreciative of the military. My dad was MP in Vietnam, and mm-hmm. so when they fled their country, he talked about st- certain stories like that and how the military uh, rescued my parents. So, yeah, yeah that's so, that's amazing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with negativity? Um, I am a very um, in my head thinker and I really, really try not to be negative with other people, but I can be negative toward myself with Mm. my self-talk. And so for me, 
it, it's become an exercise where daily when I'm heading to the gym, although sometimes I'm half asleep, I just hope like <laughs> there's no deer because I really may not have the reflexes to yeah. stop quick enough. <laughs> but I honestly have like my list of things I go through of just daily what I'm thankful for, who I am, what I was created to be, and just like pump up myself and then really just look back and see all of the things that just through hard work mm. have been um, that we now um, have in our life. But negativity is a hard one for me because I don't view myself as negative. I view myself as trying to find the positive in everything. But I know that when I get in my head, that can mm. appear to others as negative, And it's never outward toward anyone else. It's always me just thinking through sure. either what I need to do that day or what I need to change about myself, what maybe I'm disappointed in and how I reacted or how I was a parent that day or whatever. Um, so for me, it's just any time, and we say this in business all the time, especially when you're involved with a startup or anything that's struggling, and that's what I actually love to dive in and be a part of, um, is don't bring me a problem unless you have a solution. Mm. Because we can sit around all day long and talk about what's broken in our companies or our families, but if you're going to come to me and say, this is missing, okay. So tell me how you would then change it. And it doesn't necessarily mean we'll use your idea, but at least you've thought about it. And that that's how I've tried to always bring my, what could be viewed as a negative thought into positive yep. and then relay that, relay that to others. That's awesome. So. Wow, that's really good. You're in a leadership position. Yes. So what's your definition of leadership and then it's going to lead into how do you create a culture yes in within your leadership style i think that's interesting because i think a lot of people assume a leader is one thing and if if you were to tell me to paint a leader before I got into a leadership position. Honestly, who Tom is just screams leader. Everything he does is just a natural born leader. Mm. I don't feel like I was a natural born leader. I was actually a great follower, which allowed me to make some really bad decisions in my life that just, well, that's just what it is. Um, so for me, leadership, I really take a different approach that you can be behind somebody's shadow, but still be an incredibly strong and meaningful and impactful leader. Mm. So I don't know. That's not a great answer. I know I didn't really answer your question with that. But for me, leadership is using the tools in which I'm gifted and my strengths to create change within an organization. For me, it's through relationships. It's building people up and it's making them see value in themselves mm -hmm. so that the part that they are adding to our company, um, although maybe they're not at the top, it doesn't matter. You can you can completely change the direction our company's going by using by being a leader in your space yeah. in your area um yeah i don't know i like that it, it, that challenges me yeah thinking about that yes good because sometimes i don't know how i've gotten to where i am i just know that every day i take a step forward to just keep becoming better and keep trying to lead and connect with people in ways that they need to hear because what's going to work for one person will not work mm. with another and just figuring out how to help them move forward in their positions yeah that's really good you said something about you can be a leader in the shadows of the actual leader yeah and i agree with you for instance i'll put this into sports context yeah. your head coach is your leader and he commands everything that's going on in the football field, soccer, yes. whatever. The leader in the shadows potentially is the field general, which is your captain, which is your, maybe your quarterback. Yep. And that person has to be the leader on the field because the coach can't stop and say, hey, we got a timeout. I need you to do this. So right. I'm trusting you to be that leader in the shadows of the real leader. Right. You know, I, I often think about my parents in that, and I don't 
I don't give enough credit to either of them, and especially not to my mom. But my dad was a guidance counselor, but a head basketball coach for years. Mm-hmm. Very well known in Nebraska. Lots of state titles and really had his own legacy. Yeah. And in the 30-some years my dad coached, my mom missed five games. So imagine wow. that. But she was his biggest supporter. She was his biggest cheerleader. She was she was a strong woman on her own, but nobody would have known it because my dad was portrayed as the leader, the mm. leader of our family and the leader of the team and the leader of the school, and everyone followed him. But without her support, he would not have been able to do the things he did because she made sure that we made it to the games, that we were fed. She planned our dinners around his practices so that we would always eat as a family Mm -hmm. and that we would always make it to his games. And I often think about how if she wasn't so strong, she could never have made that relationship work with such a strong personality, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And so I oftentimes think about if you were to categorize, everyone would say my dad's a leader and my mom isn't. But I know that that's not true. And so that that's kind of the picture I have in my head yeah. when sometimes I'm figuring out my role, whether it's in our company, because um, our final decision is made by my brother, who's the CEO. And sometimes we don't agree. Oftentimes we don't agree, but he has the final say in it. And so I oftentimes will put myself in that position of how do you still lead, but mm. respect authority when that authority is in is in place. Mm. Family and business, and he's the CEO. <laughs> how how does that mix? I mean, is it? I mean, is it great at times? Is it not so great at times? How's your? It's how's it feel? It's really hard. Mm. Um, it's really great because I absolutely adore my dad. I consider him my best friend. And so the fact that 10 years when I was in Nebraska in our company, I got to work alongside him. Like I couldn't have asked for anything better. It employed a lot of my nieces and nephews and my own kids for a while. So I got to work alongside my kiddos and travel with my daughter and um, really got to create memories that I would not have made had it not have been a family business. But with that, you have to people get fired, people get let go. A lot of my dear friends and family are no longer with the company. And that's an extremely hard thing as a family Mm. to go through. Um, I always tell myself that I'd rather have Christmas with my family than be a millionaire and make all this money in a company. Mm. And so it's really a fine line because there's times that you want your brother to treat you as a sister and not the CEO to a employer if that makes or it's just it's a very very unique situation but i i would be lying if i said every day was roses it's very challenging to me and it's been one thing that's honestly really um caused me to grow i've Mm. learned to use my voice and i've learned to stand up when i know what i'm saying is just not fluff and it needs to be heard and i'm not apologetic i used to apologize for having opinions <laughs> you know what tom would say about that yeah. and he has given me a lot of strength to be okay with having an opinion yeah. and stating it and not being ashamed of that that's great so it's tough i don't know if i change it um, because it's brought so many amazing experiences and blessings into our life that I can't forget that portion of it. Yeah. But relationships, it makes it harder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I could imagine it would be pretty yeah. tough. If I'd start a new company, the first thing I think about is okay, Nick would be so good at this. We should plug Nick in here, you know, Thompson. And yeah. Alyssa would be so great at this. And sure. Bria would be great at this. And then I start thinking, I don't know if I started a company if I'd honestly employ anyone related to me. Mm. And it's only because I want to be mom. And I don't know that I want to carry the weight of that yeah. into this relationship anymore. Yeah. That might be the one thing I've learned about about it. That's good. At least you learned something, but you've learned to speak up, <laughs> set your opinions, yes. not be so apologetic for it. Yes. And stand up to the CEO and say, hey, dude, you might be my brother, <laughs> but 
here's what's going on and you right. need to hear about it. Yes. What's this reaction sometimes when you call them um, out or just talk to them? Love you, Brian. Um, I honestly, I think there's times that he doesn't understand and is probably takes it personal and wishes I would just get in line and agree with him because I'd make his job a lot easier. Um, but then there's times that as he can process it and really understand what I'm saying, we'll come back and that will be the direction our company goes. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he really does honestly want to understand. I just think he's in an interesting role because I'm not the only one also speaking into the direction the company should sure. go. Sure. Yeah. How do you create a culture then within an organization? Let's say you start a new job or mm -hmm. you have this quote unquote title. We talk about titles and all that. How would you create a culture, let's say without a title? Yes. Um, I've thought a lot about that. Um, I've had the ability to start, um, whether it's through coaching women or um, just through relationships that I've met here in Oklahoma, just really speak into the direction that maybe their companies are going and like give insight. And I think culture, first of all, you have to hire to people who are going to fit that culture. And I'm not saying race, religion, things right. like that. No. That is a hot button for me, and we're not going to get on that right now. But I think people oftentimes confuse good culture with people worshiping like me and looking like me and i have a huge problem with that i think an amazing culture that you can create is when you have so much diversity in the room and you can still create an amazing company together and move forward in the same direction mm. um, that to me is impressive yeah um so oftentimes to me it starts with hiring you have to hire the right people you don't always know right away but if you sit down with them in an interview and you tell them exactly who you are and where you're going and if you're working in a messy situation, meaning you're rebuilding something or you're in a startup, it is going to be more than your nine to five. And if you can't do, uh, if you just want a nine to five, then don't come work for us. Um, I think being very honest and point, um, pointing that out. But I also think we're also very, very good at pointing out things people aren't great at instead of spending time pointing out things people are really good at. Mm. And I think when you or I don't think I know when you start catching people doing what they're great at or succeeding, even if it's filing the filing cabinet, you know, that right there is going to change the culture because you're not going to breed um, insecurity or fear. You're going to breed a sense of I see what you're doing. I love what you're doing and come grow with us. Um, so those are the things that I always start with when you're in a messy situation with culture is who are we hiring? What are the expectations? And are we catching them doing good things? That's really good. That is awesome. Uh, what about starting your own company and becoming a motivational speaker, leadership, women, one-on-one yeah. -on -one or women on women i mean yeah so i started doing that okay three years ago built out my whole website um started working with women um really what got me thinking about it is i had a random conversation with a gentleman don't even know his name on an airplane heading somewhere and he asked what i did and i told him and he said you don't know it but you have a strength that you can't even identify and he said go home and start taking notes as to how what you started doing in your life to get to where you are today because what i told him is i have no idea why I'm good at what I'm good at. I'm just good. I, I don't know why. And I started really looking at things I've done in my life to actually get to where I'm at. And so really what started resonating with me is women who have a different path into business. I used to be afraid to share my story that people would automatically judge me that maybe I wouldn't be smart enough or wouldn't um, be a good fit in a company because I was a 17 year old mom. I was married um, in the middle of my senior year in high school because I was pregnant with my son and I have no college degree. So I would shy away from the conversation of my upbringing, not because of my parents, but because of that, because I didn't want people to assume I couldn't be a good business owner. Yeah. And 
as I started thinking about that, I started thinking we should really have something out there for women who are starting their career differently. Maybe they've given their whole life to being a stay-at-home mom or something unfortunate has happened within their marriage or their life where they now need to go back to work. So how can we empower them um, to have a different um different blueprint almost to get back into the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what inspired me to open my website. I had some clients I started and I just kind of stopped myself. Um, I just felt like there's a lot of moving pieces in my life, a new relationship. I was moving to Oklahoma, a company that really needed me to be all in because we needed to turn sales around. Um, So if you were to ask what my passion is, that's what it is. I just need to figure out how to get back to that. That's great. In Oklahoma, I feel like there's a lot of women that could use your type of leadership, honestly. Yeah. Just walking around corporate America and, you know, I don't feel like you need someone to tell you, I am empowering you to do something, Shelly. Shelly is going to, hey, I don't need your empowerment. I'm going to go do it because I know what I am capable of doing. That's the attitude I see and I feel. Yeah. Good on you. Hard work, you know, yeah. good attitude. You can really do anything, Yeah, I think. That's great. What's a defining moment you'd like to share with our oh, listeners about you that kind of helped shape your path to where you are today? Sheesh. Mm. Okay. I, sh- I should have thought more about this. I think if I think back to a defining moment... It would probably be right after my divorce. And the reason I say that is, as I shared, I was a very young mom. And so my whole adult life, I was surrounded with noise, good noise, kids, right? I had four babies and I always had them and my kids and their friends in my house, right? Like we were a place they'd come and they'd play. And Mm -hmm. just there was always noise and laughter. And when I went through my divorce, um, at the time, he had 50% custody and I had 50. So the weeks I didn't have my kids was very hard because it was the first time I had to sit with my thoughts because it was quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, being quiet. Like you ask why I don't do yoga. I mean, because then I'd have to actually think about what, <laughs> what's in my brain, right? Like you have to actually sit and be still. And that's really, really hard for me. They People ask why I don't watch a lot of TV or movies because I have trouble sitting. And um, I wish I was better at that. But in that moment, what I told myself is you can either shrink and become what a lot of people become during this during a time like this in their life or you can grow and you have two options and I'm going to grow and sorry sorry you're fine um but I'm so incredibly thankful for that time because um, for the first time, I sat quiet and I figured out who I was. And I figured out what I could offer in life. And um, I knew that there were a lot of women going through that situation where maybe their identity was all about being a wife or all about being a mom. And um, it defined me. And I realized that I was better than that. And I realized that there are a lot of people who needed to hear what I learned. And so I, um, people like push back when, when I, I joke about, you know, dating Tom, that I really didn't date much because I really wanted to know who I was. And I really wanted my kids, although what they were going through was extremely challenging, I wanted them to have a new foundation. And I wanted them to know that what we were building together was super strong and could withstand anything that came our way. And so just learning to be able to sit quiet and learn what I needed to learn, have holidays for the first time without my kids, and be able to say okay if i can make it through that honestly this next little thing is really not going to be that hard and through those moments is when personally i began to grow i feel like my kiddos got stronger um our company really started to grow and um it's definitely the moment that 
if I had to go back and redo it, I'd say, please don't ever take take me back there. But I'm so incredibly thankful that I went through that valley. Yeah. Wow, that, that's impactful, Shelly. Sorry, people probably you know, don't usually cry on your podcast. Uh, this, you'd be surprised. <laughs> There's quite a few people that do. Um, when we first, Morgan and I first met you, yeah. you and Tom, as a couple hanging out, uh, we were driving home and all we could talk about was really the the energy and the bond that we felt mm -hmm. with you and with uh, coach george yeah. and margie made a statement she's like she's like a sister to me <laughs> and so you are impactful and keep doing that thank you please I, it it's good for sight whether it's a man or woman keep leading keep thank being you. impactful and keep being you thank you what do you think you would would regret in the next five years if you don't do it um, I'm antsy, and I know there's something big out there for me. I just don't know what it is. And I'm not just saying me. I think it's for our family. And I don't know what it is, but I think, I don't think, I know we're getting ready to be pushed into something very big and larger than ourselves. And I can't tell you what it'll be, but I'm excited to be on that journey. That's great. What are a couple questions you wish people would ask Shelly, but no one ever asked? Oh, goodness. Hmm. I really don't know. This isn't really a question, but I think oftentimes people assume if they see pictures on social media or they see your kiddos or whatever, that life is just easy and you've just been given a lot of stuff and you just rolled through. Mm. So it's not necessarily a question, but the one thing that I would want people to know is just um, that taking risks and working really hard has led to a lot of great things. So something along assumptions. I mm. think we are a, an assumption-filled society, and we assume if somebody looks a certain way or acts a certain way that things have just been easy. Mm. Um, and sometimes I would like to say um, maybe a good question would be, how are you? But I think people ask it all the time, but they don't really want to hear the answer. I would want someone to ask, how are you? But really want to hear the answer. Because I think they'd be shocked at the things that just when you're parenting, you know, so many children, there's always something that maybe is just on your heart or a struggle that I would love. I have this sweet friend, Heather, um, Coach Manella's wife, mm -hmm. and uh, she saw me at Camp Impact and it had been kind of a stressful day. And she just looked at me and just said, how are you? And it was like, but it was an authentic how are you? Mm -hmm. And I think that can be something really meaningful if somebody really means it. Yeah. yeah. I wish I knew that. I should have thought about that. You should have sent me those two ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> but then be rehearsed. I know. I know. I don't know. I don't know those things. Shoot. That's actually really, your points you brought up are really, really, really good. Once again, leadership, that's, that's you. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Thank you. What are you most proud of? Being a mom. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Love those kids. Yeah. Some of them drive me crazy. <laughs> you know which one. But absolutely, I'm so proud of um, even through challenges yeah. and difficulties that they all four have been through and, and, and Brandon and Nick. Like, just so proud of how they all are just taking those and rebounding and creating their their journey yeah. and it's really fun really really fun raising raising i guess we've already raised them um walking alongside adult sure. children yeah. although it can be hard and, and can still be frustrating and sometimes more challenging having adult children than mm -hmm. younger children um in a different capacity but just so incredibly proud of watching all of them on their own mm -hmm. journeys. My oldest son is a dad and he uh, 
is the best dad. And I always knew he would be because he was the best with kids and he's so amazing with Bria, his little sister. But like watching him be a father and just seeing like how he's just navigating that new sense of life with his sweet daughter, Bo, is so fun to watch. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Who are maybe three people alive that you would want to speak with meet up with coffee have a conversation with when you really needed it the most like people i sorry people i know you know people you don't know but they're alive hmm so i have so many kids i can't choose a child because then the others would be offended um (laughs) you know what i i'm i had caught or i had lunch the other day with cindy maury yeah it was the biggest blessing yeah ever i love her i love our conversation she's 100 percent real and <laughs> i can share anything with her and she does not judge and she just loves on you and she has just been awesome mm-hmm. here in my journey to oklahoma um my first choice always would be tom he is very different than me but um, always causes me to look at things on another point of view and really challenges me to never settle or be less than. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the third person, I'm going to, I have to put them together, my parents. Sure. Yep. Because I can't choose my dad or my mom. Right. I love it. And they have different angles. So that's right. who. I love it. How do you want to be remembered? Um, honestly, someone who shows up. When someone needs something, I'm there. Shelly's there. Yep. How do people get in touch with you? Not your cell number. (laughs) I I almost just said my number. (laughs) Um, I have different social handles all over the place. Okay. We'll drop them. You can drop them. Yeah. I'm not real active on social. I'm very responsive. If people reach out to me, I'm yeah. I'm very responsive of responding. I just don't necessarily just blast a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But you have all my social handles or my email. It's just my name, Shelly.mcclintock at gmail.com. Okay. Are you on TikTok? I'm not yet. No. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. Um, Bria tries to get me to do all her fun little things on TikTok, and I'm not the, probably the most entertaining guest. Tom is way more entertaining than me, but okay. um, I should probably be on TikTok, huh? Well, I mean, I asked Kyle that. He's like, no, nah, bro, not for me. So, But I, I just started. So I t- yeah, talked I to Coach great. Georgia the more. I was like, hey, you on TikTok? He's like, you on TikTok? I was like, I'm starting. He's like, oh, I mean, maybe I'll get on. Yeah, that's why he will, because you are. You know that, right? <laughs> now he's going to be on a great. Oh, um, no, that's that's fantastic. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not on TikTok. Well, maybe you'll look at it. <laughs> well, with your leadership and your passion, you know, you can use that platform to yes. maybe lead more people through not just face to face but socially too. Right. So Shelly, I absolutely appreciate your time. This was awesome. Mari's gonna love this. This has been so great. <laughs> it's, so it's election cycle. Yes. November. Mm-hmm. Shelly McClintock, do you approve this podcast? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Golding, you approve this podcast? 100%. <laughs> My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast. Shelly, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate your support to Defining Moments Podcast. A good friend of mine once told me the best one out there is the one having the most fun. And he's exactly right. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're having the most fun. Why? Because we can and we want to. Find us on social media, Twitter at Death Moments Pod. That's at DEF Moments Pod. On Instagram, Facebook at Defining Moments Podcast. Take us on the go from iHeartRadio to Spotify. All the way to search Defining Moments Podcast. Check out our swag at DefiningMomentsPod.com. We have a merchandise store. A lot of great stuff. Follow us on social media. We love to do giveaways. Why? Because we're undefeated. Have a good day.